Hello and welcome to this episode of the Mullison Beat podcast. Today's episode will be on contested wheels with Mullison Peak chairman and specialist in contested wheels, Martin Trenary. So welcome, Martin. Good morning. Losing a loved one is one of the most difficult things that any of us have to go through. The grieving process can be made all the more difficult when there is a dispute over a will or someone is contesting a will. So Martin, on what grounds can a will be contested? There are a number of formal requirements relating to wills. The will must be in writing, it must be signed by the testator, and it must be clear that the testator intended to give effect to the will by signing it. And that signature must be made in the presence of two witnesses, and those two witnesses must sign the will. And a will can be challenged if any of these conditions are not met. But there are other grounds of which a will may be challenged, and these may be that at the date of the will, the testator did not have the mental capacity to make the will, that they did not intend to make a will, or at the time their mind was affected by undue influence, they may not have understood or approved the will, they may have been subject to coercion, fear or fraud. It may be that at some point the will was revoked. Sometimes it's not possible to ascertain the intention of the testator from the will itself. Thank you, Martin. Would you be able to explain to the listeners what you should do if the will has been lost, damaged or destroyed? A will does not take effect until death and, generally speaking, can be changed or revoked at any time before death. A will can be revoked by destruction and, therefore, if it was known that the testator had a will and that cannot be found in their possession at the date of their death, this raises the question whether it has been lost or intentionally destroyed. Where it has been lost, it is presumed to have been revoked by the testator. But sometimes it is possible to deal with the estate even if the original will cannot be found or produced. In those circumstances, an application can be made to the court for evidence of the will's contents to be accepted in place of the original will. Excellent. How could I obtain information about the drafting of a will? There are a number of steps that anyone considering challenging a will should take and the will itself will be the main source of evidence. This should be carefully reviewed to see if the will is consistent with what the testator may have said to their family, or if there are any irregularities in the document itself which may suggest that the person signing it did not understand or approve its contents, or possibly as evidence of lack of testamentary capacity. Sometimes the complexity of the will itself is a key factor. If it's a simple will, it would be easier to establish that that is what the deceased wanted, that they knew and approved of its contents. But where it is a lengthy document with very complex administrative powers and probably trusts, then it may be more difficult. A handwritten will can be questionable, particularly where a person takes a particularly large benefit under the will. There would be an automatic suspicion if a handwritten will is produced. It is likely to suggest that no lawyers were employed in drafting the will and there is a presumption that the will represents the intentions of the deceased when it is prepared by a solicitor who would have read over the will prior to its execution. I would also look to see who witnessed the will and question whether they were in any way suggestible. Did it suggest that it was a shift from what the testator would expect? Is the will signed with shaky handwriting? Is there anything to suggest that there is a change in the pattern of will writing? I'd be looking at circumstantial evidence to see if there's anything surrounding the will itself that just doesn't make sense. Normally, I would suggest that where lawyers are involved, you apply for a copy of the will's draftsman's file to request a statement confirming the circumstances in which the will was prepared. Normally, 
client confidentiality will extend beyond death and the lawyers instructions and discussions with their clients remain confidential even after death but the circumstances in giving instructions for a will are a rare exception. A request can be made for what's known as a Larkin Nugus statement and this would show what was discussed with the testator and the weight of their evidence will depend on the level of experience. An experienced will writer will understand what questions may arise. It may depend on how long they've known the person and whether they've complied with what is known as the golden rule. If there's any suggestion that the testator is particularly elderly or has been ill, then you might want to ensure that the will is witnessed by or approved by a medical practitioner, such as the person's GP, who can give a statement that they actually understand what they are doing by writing the will. That request can be made by anybody who has a genuine concern regarding the validity of the will, and is often made when someone is looking to challenge a will. The lawyers, often solicitors, but sometimes will writers, may charge a fee to release that information. The final thing I would look at would be to obtain the deceased medical records, as that may contain useful information that would suggest that at the time they were suffering from some form of impairment, whether it be dementia, confusion, which can lead to a temporary loss of capacity. And those records can either be obtained from the GP or the central repository with NHS England. Excellent. Thank you very much, Martin, for explaining all that. What could I do if the will was poorly drafted, there was a mistake in the will or the improper administration of the will? It is possible to apply to court to correct an error in the will. And this is what's known as a rectification. But the powers of the court are limited and the court would need to be satisfied that as drafted, the will fails to carry out the testator's intentions as a consequence of a clerical error or a failure to understand the instructions. And this is quite a burden of proof on the person making the application because generally the testator is deemed to have ensured that the will does accord with what they intended and therefore the court would look to convincing evidence to the contrary. It's a question of fact what the testator may or may not have wanted. Some clerical errors will be obvious from the will itself, but not always. And again, seeing the will writer's file, the drafting notes may reveal records of discussions that took place. Excellent. Is it possible to make a claim against an estate whether there is a will or not? There is a general presumption of freedom of testamentary disposition and that means that a person who has capacity can choose how to leave their estate either in accordance with the will as they see fit or indeed not to make a will. And on the person's death the personal representatives are under an obligation to distribute the estate in accordance with the terms of the will. Now where someone dies without a will then the laws of intestacy apply and these prescribe a hierarchy detailing who is entitled to inherit. Now whether the effect of the will or the laws of intestacy fail to make a reasonable financial provision, then the deceased's dependents can make a claim under the Inheritance Provision for Family Independence Act 1975, the so-called 1975 Act. And there are a number of people who are eligible to make a claim under the Act, and they are the spouse or the civil partner of the deceased, and that includes same-sex couples. Also, the former spouse or civil partner, where that individual has not subsequently remarried or formed a new civil partnership, someone who was cohabiting with the deceased, provided they lived together in the two years immediately prior to death, a child of the deceased, 
or someone who's treated the child and anybody who has been maintained by the deceased before their death. Now there is an important time limit and these claims must be brought within six months from the date of grant of representation which in the case of a will would be a grant of probate or in the case of an intestacy letter of administration. The court does have a, an ability to extend that time and this will be exercised on application to court where it is just and proper to do so but the court will expect quite a degree of evidence as to why these time limits were not met. That's great, thank you. Last question for you today then, Martin. What are the grounds for making a claim under the Inheritance Act? There's only one ground under the 1975 Act, and that is that the disposition of the estate affected by the will or the laws of intestacy does not make reasonable financial provision for the applicant. And here a distinction is drawn between the applicant who is the surviving spouse or civil partner of the deceased and all other claimants. Here, reasonable financial provision for a spouse means such provision as is reasonable in all the circumstances of the case, whether or not that is required for maintenance. And that is a far more generous test than is available to the other categories of applicants who have to show that they need maintenance. Now, maintenance is not determined by the Act, but the court will look at the circumstances of the claimant, their relationship with the deceased, the extent to which they were dependent upon them, their standing and the lifestyle that they lived. This does not necessarily equate to a luxurious lifestyle, but it certainly is not subsistence level. And again, the court will be very keen to look at all of the facts. Thank you very much, Martin, for taking part in today's podcast episode on contested wills. As always, if you found this podcast episode helpful, more, are av- more videos are available on our website or you can call us today on 01708 78